Intentionally Grounded. I am your host, Brian Willie, along with my co-host, John Kessler. Episode 90 features the head football coach at Minneapolis North High School, Charles Adams III. Coach will discuss with us his careers in coaching and law enforcement, the culture that he has helped establish in Minneapolis North, and the impact of the tragic death of George Floyd on his team, community, and our nation as a whole. Season 4, Episode 12 of Intentionally Grounded with Coach Charles Adams III starts now. We're joined today by the head coach of Minneapolis North High School, Charles Adams III. Coach, thanks for joining us. Uh, Could you introduce yourself to our audience and and share your background in coaching? Uh, Well, my name's Charles Adams III. Uh, Nickname, people call me OA, which is uh, short for Officer Adams. was a Minneapolis police officer for 20 years. Um, Now I am currently the director of team security for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, I've been the head coach at Minneapolis North for 11 seasons, uh, graduate of North High in 1999, played football, basketball, baseball, golf, you name it. Uh, born and raised in the north side of Minneapolis. Uh, I'm a polar and I'm just, uh, I'm glad to be here. Coach, for our listeners who are unfamiliar with Minneapolis North High School and the, not only the school district, but the community, how would you describe the school and the community and what do you believe makes it a special and unique place to not only grow up, but then to continue uh, grow, uh, raising your family and, and living a life there? You know, um, everything, you know, in North, North Minneapolis uh, is hardworking, you know, just actually being a product of that school and that, and, and that environment um, strives me to, to, to be excellent in that community and, and, and help kids excel. My mother, father, uncles all attended North High, so we all grew up. My grandfather still lives in North Minneapolis. Father-in-law still lives there. Um, so it's a rich tradition in, the, in that community um, that I, I continue to thrive in and, and help others thrive in. Uh, but, you know, everything is, is hard working for us. You know, we, you know, when it comes to athletics and football, you know, we always have that, uh, that, 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 that will to, to compete because we feel that we have to always be the best and we have to always prove ourselves. And, and I think that's the engine that keeps us driving. Now, coach, when you took over at Minneapolis North, they had been going through a little bit of a, of a down stretch um, by their standards. And so when you took over, they've gotten quite a revival under your guidance. And so what were some of the first things that you focused on during your first few days under the job in order to help kind of turn that program around? Wow. Uh, the, the first few days was rough. <laughs> I'll tell you that the first uh, couple years were really rough. Uh, you know, I started off with probably about 15, 16 kids total, nine through 12. A lot of kids uh, in the neighborhood and from the school left and went to other schools, um, um, connecting and connecting neighborhoods in other districts. So I was left with, you know, kids that did stay, but uh, not that many of them. Um, it was really insane. Like, to have a mindset of if you stick with it and, and uh, one of those situations, like if you build it, they'll come. That's, that was hard to convince people um, because we weren't showing the product. You know, we didn't have the facilities. We didn't have all the good things that other places had. And, and I'm trying to convince parents and kids to come play for me, but I just stuck with it. And I always figured that the more official that I made, 
my uh, my program and I ran it official, people would take it serious. So I, I stuck with that and I kept saying to myself, it's going to come. We just got to keep grinding with it. Now, Coach, what are some of the pillars that you built uh, that program on in the culture of your football program? And how do you take then those values and instill that into your players? You know, honesty. Um, one of one of the things is honesty and, and, and being there for the kids that you coach. Also, uh, you know, it also means a lot when the kids know that you came from where they're at, and you continue to you know to to push them to be successful, and they can see you know even if you consider being a high you know uh, to me I you know I've had a great career um, you know as a as a police officer I have a great job now but I think the success was me being a, a football coach because that's what brought our community together and that's where um, I'm most proud of. But, you know, we always have athletes, but it was how do we dominate other than just being great athletes on the field? And I think that's what strives me right now to continue to keep coaching and keep going, because now it's not about the wins and losses. It's about, OK, can I uh, can I go undefeated with getting every, all my whole senior class in the college, you know, somewhere? So um, just having those type of visions and, and, and being and, and, and surrounding yourself with a great group of people in that community as well as coaches. Um, you could talk to any one of my coaches and they can tell you that um, with me, it's not about, you know, what scheme we run. I don't care because because things can change. It's about how many kids I can get out and and do those kids trust us as adults. No, no, coach last year, you know, obviously everybody had to deal with the pandemic and the, and the shortened season here in Minnesota, you had a lot of returning talent coming back last year. How did you navigate that? And what message was it to the kids, uh, how you can guide them through an unprecedented time in, in our history? Um, you know, like I've said many times before, you know, last year, um, that season is as crazy as this world has been since then. Uh, that was the therapy, you know, kids were like, we have to get out the house. You know, I, I had probably the best attending practices ever because kids have been locked up all day for months. And they're like, well, this is something that we can get to. I look forward to being around my friends. We can run around, we can do something. So football was therapy and it was something that all our kids were looking forward to. So they were like, we got to get there. And, um, and, it, and we all enjoyed it. So we continue to keep um, you know, pushing. And, and before that, you know, I knew at one point, you know, even though we had got the news that the, the season was going to be played in the, in the spring, I was like, ah, you know, I, nah, I was like, I don't, I, I think we're going to be playing in the fall. So I just mentally challenged the guys. I said, well, we're going to play in the fall until they tell us we're not. And I said, so we need to prepare. Like we got a game in a few weeks. And they took that mindset and I knew it was going to happen. And then a couple of weeks later, they're like, we're playing. And I'm like, I told y'all we had to get ready for, for the season. And a lot of programs weren't, but we were. And I think that's what helped us out a lot this year. Now, in addition to your coaching duties, you are also a police officer for 20 years, like you mentioned before, uh, before taking your current position with the Minnesota Twins. So despite an age when, you know, police officers have been under increased scrutiny and pressure, how do you look back on your time as a police officer and what lessons from that career have helped impact you as a coach? You know, um, policing in, in the neighborhood that I grew up in uh, actually uh, helped me out a lot. It's helped out my father and my uncle um, as well. 
because of the relationships that you establish, you know, and it's, I'm going to tell you this, pol, pol, policing in the last year has not been appealing. And it was, uh, it was different me going back to work in patrol. Um, it was just kind of out of my comfort zone. Not, not saying that because I obviously worked patrol before, but for the last 10 years, I have been working in the schools with the kids. And I thought that was, you know, the dream job for me because I got to be with my kids and I got to establish relationships with them, teachers, uh, staff, and even their parents and their families. Uh, and, and, and kind of, kind of connect community in the policing portion of it. Uh, when that opportunity was taken away and, you know, a lot of us were put back onto patrol, um, I didn't have that kind of control. And that's what kind of like bothered me with the policing job. And, and it wasn't the same, you know, it was now you are categorized just like, you know, what law enforcement has been for this last year of untrustworthy. Um, we hate, hate cops. And that was hard for me to deal with because as many good relationships that I did establish, there were still people that had um, doubts about, you know, my existence of, you know, our, you know, our relationships and stuff like that. And that was, a, that, that was the toughest pill to swallow when it came to law enforcement. Um, so I don't know if I answered your question, but for the most part, it just, you know, for the last year policing, it was, it was really tough. And I tried to make the best of it, you know, working in the schools. And I thought that was the best way to, to see the community aspect and, and, and be for the community. But, you know, that opportunity was taken away from us. And, um, but we'll continue to, you know, try to, you know, bridge the gap between police and the community. Now, coach, as you just kind of alluded to, the last year has been tough, right? I mean, stressful, traumatic um, with everything with um, George Floyd and everything just around the cities. Uh, what has that experience been like for you as someone who is not only born and raised in Minneapolis North, uh, in the Minneapolis North area, but then also now coming back as a, as a family man, um, as you look back, what do you believe will be the lasting legacy of this moment, not only in your community, but in, then in the state and then in, in the United States as a whole? Hmm. You know, um, I think, you know, a lot of this comes to police accountability and, and actually, um, you know, understanding the narrative of when somebody says black lives matter and like, what do they mean? And, um, you know, and I'll be honest, like, I, I didn't know exactly the meaning, you know, I didn't know the characterize it with just a, a organization or the meaning. And, and, and I think with all of this, I think what truly is important is, um, the recognition of, you know, having, um, the value of a black man's life and the, the equality of it. And basically saying that, you know, there's so many, you know, black and brown you know, people that are, are dying at the hands of law enforcement um, at an alarming rate when they don't have to. Um, but, and, and, and that's not talking about other things going on. You know, obviously there's, there's bad things going on as well, but um, it just really makes, um, Hopefully this could, the outcome can be that uh, when policing in a community, um, every person isn't, isn't a criminal. And 
developing and establishing respect and relationships in the community can can help policing and, and having a culture of police officers that are are, are actually adapted to their community and, and actually providing a service and not and, and not necessarily just policing. Coach, what is the impact of the George Floyd case verdict? And we're on that, that side of the story now as well. What has that been like on your players? How have you used that oh. as a, you know, an opportunity to educate your players or just even converse with your players? Um, so we, we always have conversations. Um, we always have conversations about the do's and the don'ts. Um, you know, the verdict is, was not celebratory for us. Um, no, we weren't celebrating. Um, it, it was more of a sigh of relief and in two ways. Um, for one, um, it was like, um, wow, you know, a police officer has been convicted of murder. And, and two, it was the city was not under unrest. And, 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 the, and people don't understand is that that unrest affects us, you know, financially. Um, obviously mentally, um, it, it, it's definitely something that affects us as a community. So we were kind of bracing for the worst. And then when the verdict came out, we were like, wow, the city's calm. Oh man, we can breathe now. We can kind of get back. And, and I'm not saying get back to life, but we can, we can move on. And, and that's what the feeling was. You know, it wasn't, yeah, yeah, celebrate, best party. No, because day to day, the, the kids that are in our community still deal with half of the problems that are still arising, you know, with, with, with the increased crime rate, homicide, domestic. We're still seeing that, you know, we, we walk through that walk into the football field each day. It was one, it just was a situation where the kids were like, man, now we can breathe a little bit because you know it was it was anxiety so um i i think that's where we're at with that and, and it's a situation where it's like uh yeah we can kind of move on now in addition to all of that's been going on coach uh, one of the things here um that you've been recently named as the positive coaching alliance's national coach of the year as well as the mfca man of the year recently for all of your efforts and great service in your community and throughout your career so what do these awards mean to you and what impact do you believe these awards will have on highlighting the power of, and growth of Minneapolis North football? Um, you know, being man of the year, uh, just leading by example. Um, and, and I said in, in the clinic, I said, all of us are men of the year. If we are taking the time to lead uh, a group of, of individuals um, in a positive aspect and, and be a, a positive a role model for people. We are all men of the year. Um, and, and that's how I look at it. It was, it was a great honor from the MFCA. Um, and, and I always, uh, am fortunate to, to receive things like that. Um, the, the, the positive coaches Alliance one kind of, it was, uh, that one hit me. Um, it, it hit me pretty, uh, it hit me pretty different because, uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't expect to be even the person to even receive that award. So um, the, the way that came about, that really, I got emotional about that one because I, it really just, it, it blindsided me. Um, so 
it, it is definitely a joy to be considered amongst anybody nationally. And it's definitely, you know, even state locally. Uh, and, but I tell people all the time that, you know, regardless of what award I receive, I will continue to do what I do when it comes to the kids and, 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 and players that are, are in, in my program.